Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Diecast Movie Review Podcast. My name is Michaela Turk, and I'm joined here today with my brother, Ben. Unfortunately, our dad was not able to record with us today due to some uh, health things that he has to take care of, so you just have Ben and I today. Um, this episode is, we're kind of back in our usual track of the rolling the die, so I don't know if you guys remember the last review we did, the three of us together, was... Loon Lake, correct, Ben? Yes, Loon Lake. Loon Lake. And so that was when Dad rolled the die and won the independent film category. And so when we did it the last time, for the first time since Woochie Demon Slayer, Ben won the die roll. (laughs) And what category did you have to choose from, Ben? I had to choose from the documentary category. So, of course, I picked one of my favorite documentaries that I watched in high school, Super Size Me. I think she hit the wrong sound effect there, but let's get going. Okay. so I I did not hit the wrong sound effect. That was the correct sound effect. I feel like Rotten Tomatoes would argue with you. This movie is certified fresh. Okay, Ben. If you say so. So why don't you give us a brief summary of the movie? So director Morgan Spurlock, it goes to several different. um, He basically does a social experiment going to McDonald's and eating every meal that he would eat in a regular day, all three meals for an entire month and monitoring his health continuously throughout that time he has a team of doctors one who's a nutritionist another who specializes in heart another one who specializes in his like his liver and his uh, digestive system and as it goes on he talks about different topics at the time this came out in 2004 and it was a big deal back then with all the supersizing of meals, which was available at a lot of different fast food restaurants, especially McDonald's. And he basically talks about the things that happened at the time. There were some court cases and different things. And they mentioned that throughout the movie. And it's very informative. Yeah, this this is a movie that the first time I saw it, I think I was in middle school and it was for health class. I have seen this movie multiple times throughout my life in the context of health classes throughout school. Um, I think that's the same with Ben. Uh, Dad did watch this movie with us, and it was the first time he saw it. And we might um, get some quotes from him to add at the very end, and we'll give like an honorary and tell you guys if he would recommend the movie or not at the end. So stay tuned and you'll get a little slice of what dad thought about the movie. Um, But yeah, do we want to move on to, oh, we have the trailer for you guys. So we're going to go ahead and play that. Hello, may I help you? Yeah, could I get the double quarter pounder with cheese meal? I think I'm going to have to go supersize. It's hard for me to watch him go through this. So it seems like you're starting to get addicted to it now. 
You saw these numbers, right? These numbers are outrageous. Unfortunately, you cause some major harm to your heart, your liver, your blood. You're gonna die. You'll die. I want more, 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 more. You gotta stop it. And so that was the trailer for the movie. I know the trailer is really short. But it has a rockin' song in it. I just wanted said, this might be my favorite song in a documentary I've ever seen. Especially one that I had to watch every year in health class. Every year since middle school. Seven consecutive years. This was a go-to for our school area of uh, a movie to put on for health class when you're talking about like dietary stuff. In case you haven't guessed that by the fact that we've both seen it numerous times. I don't know if that's the same like everywhere, but we watch this movie a lot. So do we want to move into some of the likes, Ben? Yes, let's move into the plethora of likes that we have about this film. And I just want to kick it off with the style of this documentary worked really well for the plot that they have set up where it's the main person, Morgan Sparlock, who's the director, but he's also, it's almost like... He's uh, the director, the producer, he wrote it, he's in it. It's basically... It's basically him. It's It's like him. him. It's his like production company thing, him doing all of these things. And I guess part of what... Part of what I like about this movie is it has the feel of a Dirty Jobs episode that's just super long. Like Morgan Sparrow, he kind of has that similar voice to Mike Rowe, and it's kind of that feel of a Dirty Jobs episode where it's kind of gross at parts, and it might not be something that you would want to do, but it's informative and it's pretty cool. Yep. So, like Ben said in the summary, basically, this guy Morgan Spurlock decided he was going to try for a month to only eat food from McDonald's. And he had to eat everything on their menu at least once. And if he was asked to size up his order or to supersize his order, which is something that doesn't exist anymore, um, he would have to do so. And... So he basically would just eat there every day. But he also took it a step further and he looked and he talked with, I forget what it was, but it was a person who like specializes in like how often people walk or like the average, how much the average American will walk in a a day. And so he limited himself to like that amount of movement and that about of exercise that an average American would have. So it's not just that he's keeping the same like exercise routine and like walking everywhere like he normally would have and just eating from McDonald's only. He's eating from McDonald's only, but he's also only doing like 
I forget how many steps, but it's not. It's like maybe like I think he was only walking like steps. It was like two miles a day or something. Yeah, it. It wasn't a whole lot of physical activity. Yeah. And another thing that adds a lot to it and was pretty cool was he started off. He had been like vegan. No, his, his girlfriend was vegan. I thought he said he had been vegan too. No. But anyway, he had been eating like his girlfriend is a nutritionist and they had been eating on a very strict diet for a while and he was in good shape at the beginning. And then the other thing is that it starts off in New York City and there are apparently there are a ton of McDonald's in New York City and he would go to the ones in New York and then he decided maybe we should branch out a little bit. They started going on a road trip to different McDonald's in different areas and well, finding like did. specific stories. Yeah, he also did more than that. He went to, um, throughout the course of this documentary, he also goes around and interviews people who are either well-known or like, not necessarily well-known, well, but like he interviews people who, I think there was like a toy collector who talked about the phenomenon of Happy Meals including a toy and how that like draws kids in to be like, mommy, daddy, can we go to McDonald's and get a Happy Meal so I can get this like toy thing? And then being like, okay, Tommy, you had a good day at school. We can go do that. And then he also talked with people like um, the Baskin Robbins company. It was the son of one of the co-founders. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about the story of his father and his uncle and how when his uncle had passed away, it weighed on his father so much because in the back of his mind, he said he always thought his dad knew it was because they ate ice cream all the time, but he couldn't admit it to himself because his brother-in-law was his best friend and he didn't want to feel that responsibility. And he talked a lot about that. And he talked about how he transferred from when he was growing up, he just ate ice cream all the time because it was always there to now he like hardly ever eats it. And then he also talked Mm -hmm. to, uh, he went to a bunch of elementary schools or middle school, elementary school type places. And he was looking at their cafeteria food. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He went to a, um, this one, I think it was a public school and he was like, uh, talking to the people who ran the cafeteria and like asking about the options that the kids had. And then like asking some of the kids of like, well, why did you get just chips and a soda and not like these vegetables and stuff that are available to you or getting something else to go along with it? And um, and let's be real. Everyone that went to public school knows public school lunches. They're nasty. No one likes them. The pizza's always soggy. No, no one likes public school lunches. But some of these kids are taking it a step further. Like one of them bought three bags of chips and that was their lunch. And then they brought a soda with them. And the people that he was talking to, like the lunch ladies, said they just have to assume that if that kid's buying a bag of chips or three bags of chips, they're going to share it with people and that they have other food. Yeah, Or that they have a packed lunch sitting at the table that they brought from home or something like that. Whereas... um, he went to another school that was, I think it might've still been a public school, but I think it was a school where they like for what people considered like 
he went to like needed a, more help was, or like were problems. Yeah, it was like a juvenile correctional school. facility school. Yeah. yeah, and at this school, they decided that instead of putting their like lunch funding into like your normal square pizza, hot dog, school lunches, they went with a local company that used fresh, locally found produce to help encourage good diets and in, like teach the kids good eating habits and all of these kids were making good choices with their food whereas the other kids who were in public schools were like yeah give me three bags of chips or just give me the fries and like weren't eating anything else besides that yeah, it was almost crazy to see. It was like, man, you get into that correctional facility, you know you're eating good. <laughs> I guess yeah. they, it's probably a funding difference as well, but it was really, really weird, like the juxtaposition when you're watching it because he went, I think he went to he an went- elementary school, a middle school, and then the correctional facility place. Mm-hmm. And at the elementary school, some of the kids were like singing a song about uh that was that was from like either the kids or a camp and it's like um it's like a camp kind of song where it's like a pizza hut a pizza hut kentucky fried chicken and a pizza hut and then it goes on and it's like about fast food restaurants yeah, and they did like this little dance while they're sitting down and oh man that was like oh my gosh the elementary schoolers are the worst. No, it's, I don't think it was necessarily the elementary schoolers are worst. I think it's that they grow up, people grow up in a culture that's so commercialized and it's just ingrained into you to know these different brands and stuff. Which takes us right into the, another point. They were in Washington, D.C. for one part. They were like in front of the White House, I think, and they were interviewing people about whether they knew the Pledge of Allegiance or whether they knew the recipe for a Big Mac. Yeah, and so they were just getting random people and they were like, can you do the Pledge of Allegiance? And so you'd think, you'd think most people know the Pledge of Allegiance. It's, I pledge of allegiance to the flag for the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. You'd think most people would know that. And the kids, the the kids knew it. Yeah, the kids, the kids, it was like but the some parents. parents and some kids. And the kids knew it, but the parents did not. However, when he asked them if they knew, like, the recipe, like, run down for a Big Mac. Just instantaneous. It took them, like, a split second, and it was, boom, right into it. Yeah, do you know what it is? I have no idea what it is. Okay, I don't either. Um, <laughs> I don't eat beef, so I don't. I don't know. I've never had a Big Mac, nor do I want to. Yeah, but it was like a really quick rundown. It was like two patties, cheese, lettuce, tomato, special sauce on a sesame seed bun or something like that. Yeah. And this know. lady did it like, it was said like, the whole thing in five seconds. It, and I was like, holy. It was It was like he asked the question and this lady was like, oh, and then went off. And then everybody was like, and she's like, and I then can't believe I know that, but I don't know the Pledge of Allegiance. Yes, and then they did another experiment when they were at the elementary school where they were showing them pictures 
of former presidents or like big figures that were historic to the mm-hmm. United States. And then they showed them an image of Ronald McDonald. <laughs> I think only one of them got George Washington and like yeah. one of them got Abraham Lincoln. But all of them got Ronald all McDonald. Of them got, and it was like seven different kids. And they all went yeah. through three or four of these. And it was, uh, Mikhail and I were sitting there like, oh my gosh. It just, it shows you how, like, the commercialized, how good their branding is. Yeah, like the commercialized images were so effective that they were more effective than the educational system at teaching about historic figures. And it was just a little bit mind-blowing at the moment where you're like, oh my gosh. If I saw a sign saying a math equation every day, maybe I'd know it better than I would know it at school. I do have to say that I appreciate his, like, like he had a plan. It wasn't just, he wasn't just going to film himself for a month, just, like, only just going to McDonald's and living his, like, normal life or whatever. He also chose throughout that same month to go and conduct interviews and do research to find out more, like, why is McDonald's and fast food such a big thing in American culture? And he went around trying to... So it's more than just the social experiment of what happens if I only eat McDonald's every day for every meal for a month. It's also the fact of what happens if I eat McDonald's every day for every meal for a month and then also find out why people want to eat at McDonald's or choose to eat at McDonald's. Yeah, so this whole time, for one thing, you kind of see throughout the film, this is a little bit of a spoiler, but the film's 16 years old. So I guess you'd see it if you wanted to see it. But the uh, he has kind of like a downward spiral health and even just his mood-wise like he slowly kind of gets depressed as the film's going on. Mm-hmm. And he even mentions it when he wasn't eating, he felt like he was missing something. And then when he or like right after he ate, he felt like a million bucks. Mm-hmm. And you could really kind of tell in the filming where he was, whether he had eaten recently because his mood would change. And the him just eating he doesn't show himself eating every single meal because that that would be kind of monotonous but he hits major points when he was eating where something big happened and he also consistently goes to get checkups from his doctors and monitors his health and as he's going it almost goes from in the beginning where you think it's just him eating to you could die. Yeah. If you keep doing this, you could die. And it also talks about a lot of different other things that happened that McDonald's had done or other companies had done. Like there was, they mentioned a British magazine had put out something about most nutritionists recommend that you shouldn't eat McDonald's more than once a week. And then McDonald's sued them for slander saying that most nutritionists think it's fine. And the article was removed and whatever. 
So they went and they called every nutritionist in the phone book. And that tells you how old the movie is. But they called every nutritionist in the phone book in the United States. And one of them said it would be okay to eat like between one and three. I don't remember which it was. I think there was like one that said you could probably do it like once a week with like exercise and good nutrition i think there were a couple that said maybe once a month but all the rest of them were like never don't don't eat it yes one of them was quoted as saying if you're stranded alone on the island and the only thing to eat is mcdonald's don't eat it yeah (laughs) as a result it was kind of like man wow it's like an overwhelmingly negative response to eating mcdonald's because the nutritionists knew what would happen anyway and then it brought about that's part of the reason why he engaged in the social experiment and throughout it you also kind of see for one you see his body change as he gains weight but you also see the um all the different areas that he travels to in the different McDonald's and how different people in that area feel about McDonald's because there were some people that were like I don't eat it I don't want it. And then there were others that were like, give me that Big Mac and put bacon on it. And then there was one guy that ate like, and then he said when the Big Macs came out, he went that afternoon, bought two of them, ate them in the parking lot, went back that night, bought three more, (laughs) ate them in the parking lot. And he had gone on a streak where he had eaten a Big Mac every day for like 700 days or something. Yeah, this... This guy, his nickname was like Big Mac and he has like a t-shirt and evidently the people at this McDonald's that he goes to know him as like the guy who gets Big Macs. But I think it's important to note that he doesn't care about the fries or the other stuff. He only gets the Big Mac. Yeah. And he also said something about how he exercises a lot anyway and how he's very active and you could kind of tell he had been doing it for a long time he didn't seem to be in poor health or massively overweight he kind of just seemed like your regular guy even though he had been doing it for that long but at the same time he did also say he only ate the big macs and now he was only eating like maybe one or two each time that he went instead of eating the seven that he ate the first time or something like that Mm -hmm. what other likes did you have one thing I did like is throughout the um, documentary, during like transition points, they would show different like pieces of artwork, I guess is what you'd call them, that took fast food icons or like the characters from fast food and portrayed them in different ways, kind of like a like a political comic type thing. Yeah. Some of them, it was, they would show the real images that the company released. And then other times they would show you like an artist's rendition that was a little more negative of what the company released, making it look a little more sinister. Like Mm -hmm. they had one that's like a sinister Ronald McDonald and it really looks creepy. (laughs) Yeah. And then they had another right next to it where it's like the happy Ronald McDonald's that was the 
icon of McDonald's. And it kind of shows you the differences between the two, the differences between how the artist perceives the company and how the company wants to be perceived. And it goes in, the documentary isn't just about the eating and the nutrition aspect. They go into a lot about the merchandising, the advertising aspect, how much money is spent on it, how it affects the company's economic standing. And they talk about several different companies, um, but I think it was Pepsi and McDonald's spent like an egregious amount, like Pepsi, Coca-Cola, and McDonald's spent a huge amount, more than a company like Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. And then it showed you how much of the market they each had. And Whole Foods was like a teeny tiny part of it. And all these other ones were like a huge portion. And it really showed you that it didn't matter what the product was as much as it mattered how they marketed it at the time. Mm-hmm. And he also talked to a representative from like a a grocery store. He talked thing. to a McDonald's representative. No, no, he he tried to talk to a McDonald's representative, but he didn't no, get uh, a hold of him. He talked to a representative from the lobbyist. Some, oh yeah, he talked to a lobbyist for like um, the fast food companies and stuff. Like fast food companies and like Pepsi and places like that. And in the interview, the lobbyist guy said <laughs> that um, it was partially the company's fault and responsibility for. Uh, people buying their products and people ending up the way they were because they did that. And then at the end, at the end of the movie, after you meet all these people, the very end and like the credits, it kind of gives you like updates on like what's still happening with them. And um, that lobbyist guy got fired. Yes. (laughs) Which was very predictable that he was going to get fired. Yes. Um, Also, while the documentary is going on, the health clinic, one of the health clinics that he had been going to, actually got shut down. Yeah. And you find out that it had a lack of funding due to underuse in New mm-hmm. York City. And that was also kind of like, man, I wonder why all this McDonald's and obesity linkage is going on when people aren't using things like this health clinic. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, it, it showed you a lot about area and the under usage of it and what people put priority on yes because the majority of the people in that area put more priority on other things than like going to a health clinic or going to like somewhere where they could exercise and instead they spent their money on whatever else they spent their money on but it's kind of sad (laughs) It also talks about how a lot of the marketing that companies like this do are targeted towards children and specifically McDonald's. It's focused on with that. And that's probably why he chose McDonald's because of all the child centered um, media and advertising that they do. And one of the things that they talked about was like the McDonald's birthday parties and Mm -hmm. and the indoor playgrounds, the short lived McDonald's TV show. Yeah, we don't talk about that. Um, But I will say, one thing that I thought was appropriate, well, sort of appropriate anyway, was that his last day of the month of, like, doing this. Well, 
He didn't make it the full month. His doctors yeah. forced him to stop early because they said if he continued going the whole month, his liver would turn into fat and he would end up dying. Yeah. So his last yeah. day of this social experiment, um, they had a McDonald's birthday party for him. With all of his friends. And all like all the family. people who worked on this with him and they went in. Because then I guess like that's the only way you can get the cake. Yes. Or whatnot. Yes. <laughs> and um, so they had a celebration of it being over. And by the time that you get to that point, you've actually learned a lot of information. And that's why this is a good movie for schools because mm-hmm. it teaches you about several different subjects and it also teaches you about the portions. It tells you like when he's eating the different things, he actually goes in and breaks down the menu with the nutritionist and they talk about what the proper portions for the different things should be and what their contents are and how to read like uh, a nutritional facts excerpt on the back mm-hmm. of packaging. Yeah, and they also, one of the other things he does is he goes to a bunch of the different McDonald's and he asks to see the nutritionist sheet at them. Yes, he and went to every McDonald's in New York City. Only one of them had it displayed. One of them had it in the back. And in one, it was in the basement behind stuff and they were able to dig it out. A bunch of them just didn't have it. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, kind of blows your mind a little bit. It's like, you know, don't you want to know what you're eating? Yes. (laughs) It was a very eye-opening movie. Oh, about the portion sizes. One of the things he does is he, like, has them lined up and he, like, has the different sized drinks and, like, tells you, like, the differences between them. But also, I think one of the things was interesting was when they were just going around, like, New York and just interviewing random people, they got a lady who was originally from France. And she talks about the difference in the portion sizes between the McDonald's here in America and the McDonald's is in France because from in France a the large, the large uh, yeah is there is there is our small. small and their small is like the kitty size at the time yeah and so she even said like it's it's too much. Like she couldn't have, she couldn't drink all of it because it was just too much. Yeah, her. and she talked about like the food too. She said like the large fries. That's like getting three things of fries in France. And she was talking about all the different things when he asked her about the menu, and she was basically like, France gives you much smaller portions than the U.S. Mm-hmm. does, and the U.S. just gives you so much food. It's crazy. Yeah. Which I thought it was interesting. Yes, I thought it was very interesting to get, like, the perspective of somebody originally from another country was very interesting. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of interesting getting to know he interviews several people, and there were a couple that he, like, focused on. Like, there was a man who had diabetes. I think he was obese and was going to get a surgery done. Yeah, he got a liposuction thing where they, like, like that 
his stomach and then made it smaller and they show you that in the movie yeah there are some (laughs) kind of gross and disgusting scenes in the movie like in the beginning there is a rectal exam which it really grossed out dad and you'll probably hear more about that if he wants to share any comments with us but yes it was a there there are some disturbing images (laughs) in the film and remember they show this to children (laughs) yes they showed it to us as children and you know we had to get permission slips signed for this every year permission slips our parents signed those permission slips and then when dad was watching and he was like i never should have signed (laughs) oh hello now that we have finished with our episodely interruption of our dog, um, where were we? Do you want to move okay. on to like dislikes, dislikes and stuff? I mean, they're not really like dis. Well, for this movie, so they probably are. So. Well, okay, yeah, there might be some dislikes, but like, it's more so things we would not have included in the film for child safety. It well, no, so. <laughs> I don't think when he made this, he made it for children. Yes. When this movie was initially released, it went through several um, film festivals. And it had good success in the film festivals and was eventually able to secure a, a theatrical release. And this movie actually made $22 million. In the box office. In the box office. With a budget of $65,000. So that is a lot of bang for your buck when you're making a documentary. Um, yes. Uh, so I'm assuming he made this for more of an adult audience. It is a lot of information, and I, I'm. It would be hard. It's hard to process that when you're a kid. It's a, that's like, that's why they made us watch it so many times. Yes. We had to take notes on this documentary at least when i watched it we had like a worksheet yes and you had to like write down important things from this movie now the worksheet was a joke i mean it was forget it all 10 minutes later but everything on the worksheet was in the first 15 minutes of the movie basically and there was like one question that was towards the end but i think things we might have changed about the film I would have definitely excluded the rectal exam. That's like, that's number one. Excluding the rectal exam. um, Excluding the shot of his vomit after he vomits. Yeah, that was gross. See, Uh yeah, after, maybe it's like after the first week or something. I think it's like the third day. Oh, third day, maybe. He got got like super sick at first. Yeah, he puked. Um, Which like... I can understand. I can understand it. showing us him puking out of his car window. But then, they but then to take the vomit. camera around and just point it at a pool of vomit for like a good maybe like ten seconds or longer. It's, like, it's probably like seven seconds of vomit yeah, on the like, ground, just, like in the McDonald's parking lot, showing you vomit on the ground. I was like, like "Whoa, <laughs> gross." That's one of those moments where you're like, I might just stop watching this now. There's vomit. And now I feel sick. But like, that's also kind of the point. Yeah. Is to make you feel kind of sick. 
I mean, let's be honest. Is anybody going to eat McDonald's for three days straight and not feel like crap? Like, I could eat McDonald's two meals in a row and I'm probably going to vomit. It's just... It's relatable, I guess. Yeah. There's another one where the scene is just kind of useless, where he goes to sit his large Coke on this bed stand in the hotel that they were staying at on the travels, and he just misses, just straight up misses and dumps it on the crown, basically. And that, like, that was the shot. <laughs> he said something right before it, went to do the cool thing and sit it down, just blew it. And then it cuts to the next thing. I was like, that's not really necessary there. Could have just edited that part. Well, who knows? Um, what were some things that you would like to change about the film, Michaela? I don't know. I like We already kind of talked about the some of the stuff and like things that you said. And... Oh, one thing I forgot to mention during our likes that was actually really hilarious uh-huh. was his calls to try and get the representative from McDonald's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was like, if you've ever seen that transfer commercial, I think it was Progressive that did that. But I don't think it was. I think it was Progressive. It was it's, progressive. Like, it's like it's you transfer. call and it's like. Transfer. 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 And you're back with the first person <laughs> you talk to. Yeah. It was like that, except real. <laughs> And through partially through email, partially through calling. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, uh, they're giving him the runaround. <laughs> I was like, oh, my yeah. gosh. And it was actually hilarious because it, they cut it. The way they edited that was really cool. And it's like maybe a minute of different times of him calling it, going back and forth and back and forth and going like, I talked to Betty. I already talked to this person. I talked to that person. The person's like, well, you need to call this person. And that's the first person he had called. So now he's back on the line with that person saying this person, this person, this person all said to call you. And then she's saying, I can't help you. That person's not taking interviews right now. And he's like, are you sure? I just want him to get back to me. Yes or no. She's like, I don't know. I don't know his schedule. I'm going to put it on the list. And then he's like, Whatever, I've been on the list for a month. Yeah. Yes. So there were two downward spirals in this. His downward spiral of spiral of getting in contact with someone from McDonald's and his downward Which never spiral. Happened. Yes. At the end he says, We are still waiting to hear back from blah 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 from McDonald's. It was like their media representative at the time or something. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, uh, let's see real quick. Can you pause it again? And so, and so before we get into our recommendations, recommendations, um, we did get a quote from our dad. Um, He says that he, for the first time ever seen this movie, he enjoyed the information aspect of the movie. However, he was not thrilled by the sensationalism that was used. And I think Ben has a quote that Dad summed it up pretty good. Yes, he had two very specific quotes about how he feels overall about this movie. It was as fun as a rectal exam. And after watching it, he had to spend five days in the hospital. Which he did. Literally, we watched the movie and then he spent five days in the hospital. Was this Um, movie to blame? The world may never know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the movie's not to blame. Um, however, 
was a bit bit touchy. Um, so, Benjamin, would you recommend this movie? I would recommend this movie purely for the information because it's extremely informative. And although it's a 16-year-old film, the information is still somewhat good for today, like the portion sizes. McDonald's is still crazy. Um, <laughs> you probably still can't get in contact with that one guy. I thought it was a lady. A lady. Whoever it was, you probably still can't contact them, but their secretaries will give you the runaround all day. But it's just the information is valid. A lot of it has changed. Like they gave specific things for specific years. A lot of it was 2002, 2003, because that's the time range when it was filmed. But in 2020, a lot of the same issues are prevalent. Child obesity, misunderstanding of nutrition in schools, especially elementary schools and middle schools that are public. Um, People not necessarily knowing all of the health things that they should know versus knowing exactly what Ronald McDonald looks like. A lot of scenarios like that still occur and it that makes it relevant because even though some of the things are not true anymore, like the amount of money spent um, and different things like that, the basic... Info is still real. Do you have anything that you would like to recommend about this film, Kaylee? Do you want to recommend it? I have to say, if you haven't watched this movie before, I would suggest, I would recommend watching it at least once. Just because of the information aspect, like Ben said, because it is good information but it's also good to see that to look at this movie came out in 2004 as we said that was 16 years ago but to look at this movie and then look at today 16 years later and see what's changed and what's still the same because while there's no longer a super size me option at McDonald's or other fast food restaurants, they are still heavily prevalent in our culture and in like American society. And it's interesting that while some things have changed, others are still the same. So I think we're going to finish up this movie with a die roll. To um, see what our next one's going to be. There is one thing that I wanted to add. Okay, go ahead while I get the uh, dice. So while your availability is of this film, you can watch it on YouTube. I saw it on there the other day while I was looking for information. about. Skip through oh, no, the rectal it exam. It says it's free with ads. Free with ads. You can fast forward through all of the gross stuff. Watch <laughs> it on YouTube. Just, I think it's about 10 minutes in when there's the rectal exam. Just fast forward through it. You it's, will not miss any. Well, you'll miss a very disgusting thing. Just like it's it's very it's like it hap it's like it happens and then it's done. It's like it's just there it, for I no reason. It's he's getting a oh whatever. So it happens. 
but you don't have to see it if you don't want to. Also, I didn't even notice it when I was in middle school. Like, when I was in school, I never noticed it until dad was sitting on the couch. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, our dad got really hung up on the rectal exam. Yes. It has carried over to us. <laughs> and I just figured it's part of the documentary. Um, are we ready to roll the dice? Are we ready to roll the dice? We are ready to roll the dice. If you could move the your mic so I can roll them. Yeah. It's been so long since we had to roll the dice, I just needed to double check and make sure that I was rolling the correct one once I rolled the purple one. Okay. Here we go. And that is Steven 1. So that's going to be the white die. So here we go. And it landed on sci-fi. So the next time you get a dice roll movie review out of us, it'll be Dad's pick of the sci-fi genre. And of course, he's not here, so we don't know what he's going to pick. And that's going to wrap up our podcast for today. Uh, Thank everybody. We thank you for listening and hope that you guys have been having a great year living it up in lockdown. (laughs) Yeah, we hope that everybody has been staying safe and um, is as healthy as you can be. And uh, please make good choices. Yes. And thanks again for listening. Have a great day. The Diecast Movie Podcast is out.